0: Hello and good evening. Uh, This is Tuesday, January 8th, 2019, if you can believe 2019 is already here, and that means, because it's Tuesday night, that it's webinar night, and that was my phone digging me that we have started. Uh, We do these Facebook Lives, and what we do is we take that and we upload it onto YouTube, and we upload it for that, so people who uh, are deaf, They can read lips, so I try to not hold things in front of my face while I do this. So we have that as an option. Uh, We also do it, uh, YouTube will put in captions, which is really nice. Uh, So we have that, and we put it up on our uh, podcast as well. So one, Facebook Live, and we get to use it a whole bunch of different ways, which is really nice. Uh, So today, what we're gonna talk about Because I had a bunch of suggestions, a bunch of questions for tonight, but I figured since last week we talked about goals and goal setting, that this week we would talk about starting your service puppy or your service dog candidate off right, uh, which is huge. It is a really, really big deal to get that dog started off right because... (laughs) There's so many ways you can screw it up. (laughs) And if you screw it up, you won't have a service dog for long and you want your service dog for a reason, right? So you want to make sure that you start off with the right dog. So that's what we're going to start with is starting off with the right dog. How do you know it's the right dog? (laughs) Which is always fun to talk about. And I get calls, emails, messages constantly from people who are looking to get a dog to train up as their service dog. Now, a lot of times these people have had maybe a family dog growing up, but they're not dog trainers and they want breeds that are totally inappropriate. Um, There are three main breeds that I recommend for most people. They're pretty easy breeds for a reason. Now, just because I'm telling you these breeds, it does not mean that every dog who's a member of one of these breeds would make a good service dog. Because okay? I've also had people where I tell them my favorite, my top three guys are Goldens, Labrador Retrievers, either the yellow or the black, and Standard Poodles. Not the little ones, the Standard Poodles. Uh, so I'll tell people this or they'll hear it and so they'll look online. They'll say, oh, a Golden, I'm going to go get a Golden. Or, oh, a Lab, I'm going to go get a Lab. And they go and they pick out a dog and the dog is not Service dog material, right? So that makes it difficult as well. Now, we have a lot of people who will get doodles, we have a lot of people who will get German Shepherds, Uh, you know, and to a degree, you know, like you have those aren't the only three breeds that work as service dogs. My first service dog was a Siberian Husky, okay? She's a dog that I found in a park whenever I had Luke there when Luke was like, a year and a half or two years old. We're in a park and there is this gorgeous Siberian Husky running free. And my sister was there with me. And we spent about a half hour watching Luke play on the equipment while we tried to corner this dog who did not want to be cornered, did not want to come home with us, kept running away from us. We finally got her. We brought her home. Um, she went after my cats. Um, She wasn't house trained. She was a pain. So I'm just like, I'm going to train her. My sister had I think two dogs at the time and we didn't have any because we were renting an apartment. So I just, we kept her. We contacted the animal services, the animal shelters in the area. We contacted some of the different vets. She wasn't microchipped. So we're, you know, I'm working her, I'm training her and she starts alerting me. So then the training got stepped up a notch and that was my first service dog. And it's a Siberian Husky. And I don't recommend people start with a Siberian Husky as their first dog and as their first service dog, uh, she wasn't actually my first dog, um, even as an adult, but the first dog that we had was a Border Collie Aussie mix, and we ended up actually having to rehome her because ours was not the right home for her. But anyway, that's Abby. If you're interested, Google it on our uh, web page, dreamcanine.com, because I have a whole blog post on Abby. Okay, but anyway, so we, like Golden's, Labradors, the black and the yellow and standard poodles because they're usually easier They're usually more in tune because they are all three retrievers Yes, I'll say that again poodles are retrievers Um, Because they're all three retrievers. It makes the retrieving task easier. Who cares about the retrieving task? I don't need a retriever. Well, it's really nice to have a retrieve. It's really nice to have a pick up the objects and um, that shows the ability to work with people. So that's where the retrieving task, the retrieving exercises come in, is the dog making that effort to work with you and to, to help you out. So we do like that. And uh, and yeah, poodles are water dogs. They're hunting dogs. That's what they originally were for. They weren't for fruit circus dogs all the time, okay? Uh, so So we want you to start with the right dog. So I have people all the time also who tell me, I love rescue dogs and I want to go to rescue and rescue my dog. Here's the problem with that and I can pull numbers out of the air and I will for this one because it helps make my point. Okay, for dogs that you pull from shelters one in ten might make it as a service dog. Okay, for dogs who go with from a breeder from a program you're talking probably a 60 to 70 percent possible maybe 50 so we'll say 50 to 75 percent pass rate. Now, what happens with a lot of the programs, because look at the dogs the programs are using, right? What are programs using? Goldens, labs that are black or yellow, poodles, and mixes of those three, right? Not only doodles, okay, but golden lab mixes as well. Now, if they're using that, that's probably for a reason. Now, I know you're going to tell me, well, I know this one service dog program, and they use just rescue dogs. Yeah, there's, there's some that do that. Or I know this one and they like to use, what was it? There was one of them that I had heard of and they like to use this really weird breed and they're shutting down, right? Because you have to do something that makes sense, right? Uh, so you go with those, people go with those for a reason. Uh, but it's not just any dog. You can't just say, here's a golden, I've got a golden, it's gonna be a service dog. Or I've got a poodle, it's gonna be a service dog. You have to go with, and why the other reason we choose breeders is, you know, the history, you know, what's gone on with grandma, with the aunts, with the uncles, with the, the, the dogs back in the lineage, what did they die of? Did they die of cancer at six years old like Era did? I hope not. Um, did they die of cancer at 14 years old? That's acceptable. Um, were they dumb as a box of rocks? You know, were they therapy dogs? Did some of them go on to be service dogs? That's what we're looking at, right? And even if you can't find them where they've gone on to be service dogs per se, I like it when I can use fancy words, like per se, um, you can find if they're if they 're therapy dogs if they have good temperaments if you 've met some of them in the past and they 've got good temperaments and you 're like this would be a really great service dog that 's what you 're looking for you 're looking for uh, owners who breeders who have done the health testing on both mom and dad to make sure that the puppies are as healthy as possible. You're looking for breeders who made sure that the mom was taken care of to the best of their ability. I was actually listening to another podcast today, and they were talking about how health and nutrition uh, for in people, they said it was like one to three months before uh, conception, affects the uh, health of the baby. And they said the same thing's true with dogs. So if you get a uh, a stud dog, for example, a boy dog, right? Who's going to make the babies be the baby daddy. And he is at the top of his game. His puppies, right? Are going to be healthier than if he is retired and he doesn't do anything and his health is starting to fail, even though it's the same sperm, right? The same baby makers, um, because they're not optimal at that point. Okay. So this might be where the frozen semen comes in play too, but not a breeding podcast. Okay. I don't know much about breeding, um, but, you know, so, so you want to make sure that the breeder did all that they could for mom to make sure mom was healthy, um, make sure mom had any supplements that she needed, make sure that when the puppies were born, that if they needed help, that they got the help that they needed, um, that the puppies were well cared for, that they got, um, hopefully went through one of the different um, puppy enrichment programs that they have. There's like three of them that we're looking into for whenever we breed gypsy. So, you know, you want them to go through the puppy enrichment programs. You want them to have access, the puppies have access to different things and to meet different people and that it's done right. And you're not gonna get that with a dog who, look, I found this golden and she's pregnant. And so I'll just wait and have one of her puppies who knows first what she had babies with. Uh, You know, maybe she had babies with a wiener dog and you need a dog for mobility. So you need a dog this high and this weight. And that's not gonna happen with a golden weenie dog, right? Uh, You don't know what happened previously. You don't know who's been vaccinated for what, what health testing anybody's gone through. So this is why I tell people, if you want a rescue dog, use that as your pet. But you are looking for an Olympic athlete here, go with a breeder. Um, AKC, don't care. AKC, I only say go for an AKC bred dog because you know what's what. And you've got a lot of unscrupulous breeders out there who will tell you whatever to sell you a dog or two at a time. Don't get two at a time, guys one at a time, especially for service dogs, because it's going to take a lot of work to get that dog trained up as your service dog. So what you want is you want to have a relationship with the breeder from as early as possible, right? Ask the breeder at day 49 to do the Volhard Puppy Test. I think it might be the Volhard Puppy Aptitude Test, but it's the Volhard Test. And you want threes and fours. Okay, that's gonna be the easiest way to do that. If you are on our Facebook group called How to Train Your Service Dog, and if you're not, join it, guys. How to Train Your Service Dog, it's on Facebook. It's also the name of the podcast. It's pretty easy to remember. Uh, What I posted up earlier this week was two Volhard Puppy Test sheets, okay? So you can look at them, and one of them says brown, and one of them says blue, I think, and so it's like the brown-collar dog and the blue-collar dog. That's how the, the breeder separated them. And she tested them for a kind of ours who is looking to have one of these dogs as her service dog. And so she sent me the completed test forms. She says, which one is a service dog? It did not take me long. All I had to do was look at them. They were on my phone, so I actually had to, like, zoom in and look at them. But I just looked at them, and I knew exactly which one to recommend just based on the puppy scores alone. So if you're wondering what that looks like, you can Google Volhard Puppy Test or also get on our Facebook group, How to Train Your Service Dog, and search it. Look in the photos, look back. It looks like a test form and click on that and read those. Okay, it's good, it's interesting and it'll help, I think, open up your eyes. Also, read the Volhard Puppy Test anyway. Like, don't just look at that. Read the full test on what they're supposed to do. It's very explanatory on what you're supposed to do, it's supposed to be a neutral person, supposed to be in a neutral new environment, and you record what happens, okay? So I want you to familiarize yourself with that. There are some things you want to test for whenever you're testing a dog to see if they have service dog potential, okay? And trust me, you want an easy dog. Uh, you don't want to get a dog who's going to be stubborn and hard-headed because it's going to make your life a heck of a lot harder and more harder than it has to be. Because I tell you what, guys, having a disability or multiple disabilities makes life hard enough. Purposefully getting a dog who's going to be harder to train just makes that even worse, okay? So, um, and then there's dogs. So our next dog, Rich knows about it by now, is a Malinois puppy. We have a deposit down on a male, a Malinois puppy. And we're very excited about it. But don't forget, my husband and I are both professional trainers. Our 17-year-old son has been training dogs for the last 15 years uh, with me. He's been helping out his whole life, really, training dogs with us. And we kind of know what we're doing. And I, we get along good with him out, out Like, I really still miss Arrow so much. It's been, I want to say, about three or four weeks. Uh, and I still cry. So I know I need another Malinois. And Gypsy is fantastic. There's nothing wrong with Gypsy except we're going to be breeding her. And when we're breeding her, she's going to be out of commissions. So I need a service dog um, who is not just Gypsy. (laughs) Uh, So puppies. So that's how you pick the puppy. How do you pick the breeder? You do your homework. I have a list of some Goldens, Labs, Poodles, and I think a couple German Shepherds that I like what I see, or I've heard good things for. But you still have to do your homework if you're looking for uh, getting a dog. Now, if you're like, but I really, really can't do a puppy. Like, that's a pain, which I totally understand. You know, potty training, doing everything. Now, the thing, the nice thing with going with a puppy is you get to mold everything from the get-go, right? The dog's not gonna have a ton of bad experiences. You're gonna know exactly what's happened the dog's whole life, and that's fantastic. Uh, but say you're like, no, I need to make it sooner. Well, there's ways you can do it. There's just things that you need to look for on getting an older dog. And where do you find an older dog? I don't recommend going to shelters for it. You know, and here's the reason why. Because we don't just do service dogs. You know that, right? We do pet dogs. We do behavior issues. Um, We get aggressive dogs in here. We've got aggressive dogs in here who have bitten kids, bitten kids in the face, bitten people multiple times. And the owners take them to rescues and especially no kill rescues in and- should that dog really be in a rescue? And then what are you going to do? You're going to say, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go get a rescue dog to train up as my service dog. So you go there and you say, oh, this dog. And they're going to give you a sad story. And you're, they're going to say how trainable the dog is. And they're going to say, well, that sounds perfect. Let's do it. And you're going to take the dog with you. And you're going to say, let's go to Disney. Because Vicki says she goes to Disney within a week of getting her dogs, which I do, but I do it with puppies. And the dog bites kids in the face. And what a way to do Disney you don't want that to happen. Okay. You don't want that to happen at all. So you really have to watch whenever you go the rescue route. And like I said, there's ways to do it that's not going into shelters and finding dogs. Okay. Because that you are going to have a higher fill rate because why? Because the first two weeks is the honeymoon period. So the dog's going to be on their best behavior for the most part. Now we have a uh, family who just started with us and I've believe the dog is named Zaya And I need to actually message her owner because I love her and her owner. Um, and she got spayed this weekend. So I want to make sure everything's good. But with Zaya, she's a year old. And they got her. They found her. They used my, my rules, my recommendations, right? Um, they went and met the owners. And we FaceTimed. And they did what I told them to do. They brought the dog out of here the next day, I think, or a couple days later. Yeah, they picked up the dog, I think, Wednesday or Thursday. We got They brought up the dog out Saturday morning. And the dog's going to be a great service dog for them. Like, how fantastic is that? Now, that's a unicorn, guys. That is something rare that doesn't happen all the time. But he also talked to them about doing a, um, it, giving the dog a two-week trial time. And that's what you want. You want to have that two-week trial time. Because if the dog would turn out, you know, that honeymoon period is... uh, And I mean, the dog has some bad habits. The dog pulls. The dog jumps. um, The dog doesn't always want to listen. Those are things we can fix. Uh, What am I looking for when I meet the dogs, when I meet the puppies? Is the dog aggressive? Is the dog growling, grumbling under his breath? Is the dog glaring at me? Is the dog... Hackles up and stiff postured when when Gypsy or Zoe come over to him. Um, um, does the dog run behind the owner and pee? Does the uh, the dog try to get away from me if I reach for him? You know, like I want to see if any of those happen. Nope, not gonna make it as a service dog um, because it's those rare. It's like you're looking for not really a unicorn, unicorn because you know, but you're looking for that right temp tempest in a teapot of everything going right for this dog to be a service dog. Not every dog can do it. We've had puppies come out that I'm like, I am glad that puppy is not here for service dog training because that puppy wouldn't make it. And we've had dogs come out that I'm like, man, I wish that the owner uh, was was looking for a service dog because this dog would be an amazing service dog for them. Uh, But, you know, you want to make sure that you get the right dog for you as well. So we have little Teddy Mm -hmm. and Teddy's a little, Yorkie Maltese mix and the nice thing with Teddy is he's small he is so cute and he's a service dog in training so they can be small they don't have to be a golden retriever right they can be smaller depending on what you need okay so that's how you get them how do you start them when does training start with a service dog immediately training starts immediately training starts as soon as you pick the dog up to take him home that's when training starts. Training doesn't start when the dog's six months old. Training doesn't start uh, next week. We'll start it next week. Training starts immediately. And what happens whenever training starts immediately is your dog learns from the get-go that this is my life. So that's what we do with Gypsy. So we got Gypsy at eight weeks old. This is your life. This is what you're going to do. Now, if I try to leave and leave her home, she will. Oh, she's such a brat. I'll leave the door and I'll, I'll I'll leave her in the house, right? Well, Rich or Luke, if they're coming out after me, she squirms through the door, she gets out with them so she can come with us. Um, last night we had Nim with us, Nim's the Black Shepherd who was in for boot camp, and we had to go to Lowe's. Uh, we're redoing the siding on our house, so we had to get new light fixtures. And we had bought new light fixtures, but we didn't buy enough because I, I didn't know they wanted to put two by two of the doors instead of just once. So we needed to go pick up two light fixtures, okay? The closed bylos didn't have it, so we had to go to Leesburg to get it, well, to Vary's area to get it. So we had to drive half hour or so out there in the store for five minutes and drive a half hour back. So I'm like, let's take Nim. You know, we'll take her out. She'll get a nice drive. Um, you know, they had been working all day, so it was kind of loud and bangy on the house. And so we go out there, load her into the car. I did. Rich opens the door to come out, and Gypsy comes out, too because Gypsy wanted to come. I didn't need her. Like, we were just going to be in the store for five minutes, but I needed her according to Gypsy. This is what happens with a service dog you're supposed to take them everywhere, first of all. But she goes places with me. We went to the gym today. She went with me. Afterwards, we swung by Winn-Dixie, and Rich stayed in the car because he was all sweaty and gross, and um, Gypsy stayed in the car too because I'm like, I am just running and getting something and running back out again. That's it. You don't have to come in. Um, But you do want to start them. I start them immediately with working for their food and usually some treats because sometimes they're not food motivated. So I want to start them with working with their food. I want a dog who is people-focused, means focused on me. Um, I want a dog who likes to play, so I'll play with them. I want a dog who will focus on me and I like clicker training with puppies because it is faster and easier. So what I'll do right away is I'll get five to ten soft moist small treats in my hand, like the size of Zooks or the Tricky Trainers Chewy treats. Say that three times fast. Tricky trainers, chewy treats. Uh, I'll get those in a clicker and I'll just click and treat. Click and treat, click and treat all five to 10 times. When I click and that dog whips his head back to me, I'm good to go. And I don't have to do that again. That's called charging the clicker. And so we'll work on things like sit because what happens with puppies, puppies want to jump on you. So we'll work on getting that sit, click and treat, click and treat, click and treat. Hold the sit for a little bit as they're getting it. Name the sit as they're getting it. Um, work on eye, fo- eye contact, right? Work on that focus. So that's what I start my puppies with is sit and focus. If you think about it, sit is just focus your butt on the floor and focus, is, focus your eyes on me. So it works out pretty good. So we'll do that. We'll do sit and we'll do focus. And as we're doing sit and focus and they're getting it, great. You know, they'll work for their breakfast or their dinner. Uh, they'll work for some treats thrown in. And then what we'll do is we will... Uh, play with them. You know, so I'll get a toy and I'll try to get them chasing the toy and I'll call them clap, clap, clap. Come on, come on, puppy, puppy, puppy. Get them to bring that toy back to me. Oh, what a good puppy. Give them a little treat for bringing me the toy and toss it again. Just a little toss. I'm not like chucking it across the room. Just a little toss. And I want them to have fun. I want it to be from the beginning. This is fun. And then what happens? Now the dog's eaten or played and then done the other, eaten and played, right? So he's full and he's tired. It's a great time. My puppies, until they are around six months old, spend a lot of time in the crate. And this is even my own personal dogs. If the dog is not in a crate, the dog is tethered to me, which means the leash is attached to me, or the dog is directly supervised. So tethered, leashed, tethered or leashed, which is the same thing, crated, or strictly supervised, which means I don't have my phone. If I have TV on, it's People's Court where I can listen, but I don't have to watch it, um, or it's an audiobook, okay, or a podcast like, our podcast, which is awesome, right? But I'm watching the dog. I'm playing with the dog. You know, I'm doing stuff. Like, this is super fun. This is what we're doing together. And getting the dog tired. And then whenever he's all nice and tired, crate, he was going to whine a little bit. He will at first. He will whine. Um, Gypsy whined a bit. Roma whined a bit. And so I just put Gypsy in the crate with her. And Roma was good. So we did that for, like, I think five days. And then not Gypsy in the crate. And Roma was just fine with that. So you have a dog who likes to be crated with another dog, use it to your advantage. <laughs> if not, don't use it to your advantage because you know it's nice to have some of that alone time as well. Roman wasn't an obnoxious puppy, so it worked for us. Uh, but crate, trust me guys, crate your dog. But I don't want to crate my dog, he's gonna be a service dog and he's gonna go with me everywhere, yes. And whenever he goes with you to Disney and you don't want to ride or swap and you want to crate, your dog's gonna scream and throw a fit. Good, calm, well-adjusted dogs, can be fine in the crate, but they have to be introduced to the crate. If you have to drop your dog off at the groomer, I got a pointer, I got a short haired breed, I don't need to use the groomer. You might at some point want to, if not, if you have to take him to the vet and the vet decides he wants to board, you know, he wants to put him in the crate for whatever reason, or you just neutered your dog or spayed your dog, or your dog had um, hurt his leg or broke his leg or whatever, and he needs to be crate rested, Your dog has to be okay with it. Trust me, you do not want to start getting your dog okay with a crate at two to three years old. You want to start at eight weeks old if your breeder hasn't started already. So you want that. You want a happy, well-adjusted puppy. You want a dog who will do anything for food. (laughs) It makes training a lot easier. Um, And you want a dog who can self-soothe and can relax on his own because that makes it so much nicer. And I have people who tell me, well, I want the dog to just, you know, want to cuddle with me and sleep with me and be with me all the time. And I'm like, that's not healthy for either of you. The dog needs some alone time. Like right now, Gypsy is laying underneath the table in front of me, okay? She doesn't have to be right by side getting pets. Um, Sometimes she might be over on place like three feet away from me. Is that healthy? Yeah, because she'll also go out in the morning and she'll spend like an hour outside in the morning putzing around. She'd play with Arrow whenever we had Arrow. Now she tries to play with Rue, and Rue doesn't want to play with her, which is why she needs her on Malinois again. But you want that. Okay, you want to get him started with this is your life. You want to start potty training him. That is huge, and crates make it so much easier. <laughs> Trust me on this one, guys. Crate train your dog, and potty training won't be a huge issue. So uh, potty train your dog. Teach your dog not only to potty train him, but to go potty on command. I used to go potty. Uh, Others use whatever, get busy, make it, whatever. Uh, But teach them potty on command. Now, they're not going to be reliable until they're six months old or so. Uh, And it could be that your dog's doing really good but just has some accidents. That's fine. It happens. It happens before they're six months old. They have accidents. A lot for some dogs. But the problem is I have people who tell me like, my eight-week-old puppy is totally potty-trained. And I said, well, that's fantastic. You know, at eight weeks old, Gypsy would have accidents if I wasn't on top of things. Well, I mean, she'll have accidents every now and then, but she's potty-trained. I'm like, well, if she's having accidents, she's not potty-trained. Like, you're on the path, which is great. But until the dog is reliable, not potty-trained. And then what we like to do is I avoid... And I highly recommend this. Avoid dog-heavy places. Do not take your dog into pet stores. Do not take your dog into dog parks. Don't take your dog to the canine fun run that's going on whenever he's a puppy, right? Because you don't know who all's going to be there. But take him out to dog-friendly places that aren't dog-heavy. What? Lowe's, Home Depot, right? Lowe's last night had a big sign on the door saying service dogs welcome and pet-friendly. How fantastic is that? And if your dog is learning to potty on command you potty your dog you go in you train for two minutes you go back out again and see if your dog has to potty you wait your dog out your dog potties you go back in you train for two more minutes you go back out your dog's done even you go in two minutes and your dog's done that works you know they don't have to go in and do an hour-long training marathon doing two to five minutes is beautiful in the beginning gets the dog out, gets the dog used to things. Even if you're carrying your dog, that's fine. But what we would do um, a lot of times whenever we do the Disney parks, is we just go there, we sit, I'll do some focus and I'll do sit. Remember what did I say I started puppy with? Focus and sit. So we'll go there, we'll do focus, we'll do sit, focus, it. focus, it. Carry him to the back, focus, sit, focus, sit. Potty him, take a nap while we eat. I'm not going to do a ride. I want it to be fun for them. It takes a while actually before I'll do rides with a service puppy, um, even the pet friendly rides. But that's how you start them off, right? You expose them to people, you expose them to animals, you expose them to everything you can think of. I actually have a list that I share with my uh, my clients on just things to expose your dog to and it's gonna be in the new book, our 60 Days to Your Dream Dog book because we want that information out there. I don't want your dog, you know, I don't know what an umbrella is. I've never seen an umbrella. Or I live in Florida. I've never seen somebody in a jacket with a hood on and a scarf. Find them, set them up for it, okay? But you start them off right. You're not raising a puppy, right? You're not training a puppy. You're training a future service dog. And that is huge difference, okay training a puppy oh he's chewing he'll grow out of it oh i know he's not at my hands that's okay mm, well, he just chewed off the legs on the coffee table it's fine no oh, it's not service dog. that's unacceptable so we need to get him on the right behaviors and teach him what not to do as well okay so i'm gonna go through now and read some of the comments and go off i'm sure on some tangents here so a lot of people saying "Hey." She says, uh, I have a friend on here who is deaf, Christina, and she says she'll see if she can follow along and then go to YouTube for her help, right? Hi, Kathy. Nicole said she had two border collies and she's now training a Malin, one a standard poodle, and the poodle was the only one she specifically went out and got. Yep. Yeah, sometimes they just land into your laps, like the the Siberian Husky. Like, she worked out really good for me. Um, she Her alerts were spot on, which was fantastic. Um, but, again, you know... It's a unicorn and I'm not gonna recommend people go out and get a Siberian Husky as their service dog. I've had people come out for it and usually the dogs are standoffish, like, I'm not doing that, so. But I kinda, I like my Malinois. I miss them a whole bunch. And I'm anxious to see if Malapuppy, who doesn't really have a name yet, um, because we don't know what litter, how he names them is like each litter is a letter, starts with this one letter of the alphabet. So I think he's on G right now if we would get one of these ones. Um, so, I'm like, we need to come up with G H I and J names. Uh, but see how he does with it. I have a friend who has a female Malinois um, as a service dog in training, and I'm interested in seeing how they go. Because I do like the mouse a lot. But they're a lot of dog too. So, they're not for everybody. Um, Tiana says, I have a Siberian Husky as a service dog in training. She's doing well, but I feel like she'll only do well mm-hmm. at anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing, too, is you need to get the dog who's not only going to be right for you, but who's going to be right for the tasks that you need. So not only mesh well with you as a person, but mesh well with you task-wise. And sometimes it's not going to be the same. You know, like Roma was too small to use mobility-wise, and that's what I really needed. Well, I also need medical alert, but Gypsy's doing really good with that right now. So, you know, could Roma have done a single purpose? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but she's going to do so much better with Carolyn. Um, I'm getting another dog to help with everything else from a program. Is this too much or okay? I'm not understanding, Tiana. I'm getting another dog to help with everything else from a program. Okay, so the Siberian Husky is going to do anxiety, and the other dog's going to help with everything else. So you can have two service dogs. If you have a dog who this dog does anxiety and this dog does mobility, Here's the problem with that, is taking two dogs out in public constantly is going to be a pain in the butt. Trust me, I know. I don't take out two dogs unless I have two people. So if it's me and Rich or me and Luke, we might take out two dogs. Rich likes it better to be um, two two people, one dog. Because then if there's an issue, the other person's right there to help. Um, you know... With me, over the summer, I had three. I had um, Gypsy, I had Roma, who was a service dog in training, a service puppy candidate, and I had Arrow. So depending on who needed what and what I needed, I could pool the different dogs. So say I needed mobility, I'd take Arrow. Say I'm doing really good and I just needed, you know, I was going to take a dog out work on training, I'd take Roma. You know, and, and then I'd swap out with Gypsy as well. So, you know, they got the training in and I could use them. I liked having a backup service dog But to have two of them that I have to work in tandem, I'm personally not going to do it. And like I said, I I work multiple dogs all the time. Last night, Rich had Nim, I had Gypsy. I would not say give me Nim and Gypsy for the whole outing. Now, if we're at, if we're out, and this has happened numerous times, um, you know, they had to do something, okay, give me both dogs and I'll I'll handle both dogs for five or 10 minutes. That's not a problem. But to have to do that for the whole outing, I'm personally not going to do it. It's a pain. Um... Christina says her breeder for Luca, who's her, uh, her lab was great. Her lines are good and she worked very well with me. That's awesome. And Carolyn's here. Carolyn's the one who has Roma now. <sighs> um, Emily says we have a lab out of nowhere. He will hackle up and go when we go to a dog park. He's fine when we're in public or one-on-one with dogs at the puppy socialization or play group. Mm-hmm. And that's too, where I said, like, you, you can't just say it's a lab. It'll be good. Cause we've had labs out here who are aggressive and they were out here for rehab. It happens. Um, but that's too where if the dog's going to hackle up when you go into the draw park, even if it's because the dog's like super excited, he can't do that. Like, he can't do that out in public. And I've had people who want to go like lick their hand and like pet down the hackles. And I'm like, it still hackles up, even if we try to pet them down. Um, Terry says, I had three other service dogs. One came from rescue. I had bought a young dog that I lost in a car accident three weeks after getting him. I didn't have funds for another one so soon, so I went with a rescue. Luckily, it worked out. Yeah. Um, Mary says, I tell people I'm not raising a puppy. I'm raising a dog. Yep. So training must start the minute I get the puppy so I can teach it to be the dog I need and want and how to be a well-balanced dog. Mary, that is so, so true. Especially whenever we we have people who have these giant breed dogs, even like big labs, right? They can hit 90, 100 pounds. And they're like, what's okay? He's so cute that he does this. I'm like, is this going to be okay and cute when he's 100 pounds? I don't think so. Um, Christina says, I had three washouts one from Rescue that was just starting public access, one from a breeder, but I was the second owner and she wasn't service dog material. Then the third was from trainers, in quotes, that was to be a started public access dog for me and he was abused. Yeah, it's it's difficult. And that's where too, you need to make sure that the breeder that you're going with and the trainer that you're going with has service dog experience because a lot of them don't. But think, ah, oh, how hard can it be? I can do it. They sell service dogs for like $60,000 and I want to sell service dogs for $60,000. Years ago, years and years ago, we were looking at Getting dogs, starting them, and selling them off as started service dogs, you know, like helping place them with people so we can work with them. Um, Just like now, I have like three or four people who are like, I need a dog. And I'm like, I don't have one. And so they'll see, you know, the dogs online and they'll be like, is this dog available? I'm like, no, every dog here has an owner. If I had a dog here without an owner, I'd be like shouting it from the rooftops because I have a list of people who want a dog, a service dog, not just a dog, a service dog. So, um, so anyway, so we went and we looked at a breeder, a lab breeder. I was so excited because she said she had a bunch of dogs. I think she said she had like 30 dogs who were one to three or four years old. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm sure we have quite a few of them who would make good service dog candidates. And I'm like, yes, please. So Rich and I go up to her place. This is up in like High Springs, uh, Florida area. It's out in the boonies. I don't even remember where exactly it was. Fort White High Springs, somewhere up there. We go there, all the dogs were outside dogs. They weren't ever allowed inside. They were all bonkers crazy. And they had never been around people. One to three, four, five years old. Never, well, they'd been around her, but they hadn't been in the house. They hadn't been socialized with people. Uh, You know, they're gonna be not potty trained. Uh, No, none of them were service dog candidates. So I don't remember what she was trying to sell them for. I wanna say one to $2,000 each. And she was asking like what we would sell them for. And I'm like, well, first you have to understand they need at least a four to eight week boot camp to get started because of where they're at. And this is what we charge for our boot camp. So I actually checked her out the other day because I remember the name of her, of her um, kettle name, right? And her website. So I go there and I check and she has started dogs, trained dogs for like $6,000. I'm like, your dogs aren't trained. Like unless something miraculous happened in the last few years, like your dogs aren't trained. They're crazy obnoxious outdoor dogs, right? So you really have to watch. You really have to be careful. you really have to know that the person who you're working with has your best interest and not their ego at heart, right? So Terry says, Goose has decided to start jumping on people, not everyone, just some suggestions. Uh, No and correction. So no when he's doing it and then correction afterwards because you are not going to be quick enough to stop him whenever he decides to randomly do it. And if you know who it is... And you're like, you know what? It's always women in dresses that he wants to jump on. Women in shorts, he's okay, but dresses. Like, if you can figure that out, all the more power to you. And then you can set him up for it. But um, but for that, yeah, no in a correction. So if the dog is on leash, you can do a leash pop. If you're doing e-collar, you can do e-collar, bonker, pet convincer, um, doggy don't, squirt bottle, like, Whatever works to get him to knock it off. Um, But you have to make sure that you know as soon as he does that behavior or when he's thinking about doing that behavior. Um, Tiana says, two dogs, one owner, trained program dog. Is this too much? I think so. I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't do it um, unless there's a difference in, uh, let's see, in age. So say I have a program dog who is now eight years old. And I'm going to owner train my next dog. And so I'm going to get my next dog and work that way. But if I have a dog, if I just got a program dog and the program dog's two or three years old and I'm going to get a dog or, you know, and get them started, or if I'm going to find a one or two year old dog and get them started to work, uh, I want to do it. I would make sure there's some sort of age gap. So with Arrow, he's six gypsies a year and a half. So he was five when we got gypsy right? Because I'm like, you know, I wanted there to be some age gap there. And then thank goodness we did. I'd be up a crook right now. Um, You know, I wasn't expecting that at all. And it scares the bejesus out of you. Whenever you're reliant on a service dog, and then you don't have one anymore. So you know, whenever new mallow puppy is about five years old, I'll be looking at getting another one just to work. So I have that backup dog. Because it's scary whenever you don't. So, Tiana, it depends on age, too. So let me know age. As I read through the comments, I'm sure it'll come up, and I'll be like, what is she talking about? Um, Christina says, at five months, uh, Luca is now having accidents two days in a row after one month of no accidents. <laughs> so, Roma, real quick sidetrack story. IACP Conference, the International Association of Canine Professionals, has an annual conference, and Rich and Luca and I have gone for the last five years. With the first four years, um, which was D.C., St. Louis, Hollywood, and then St. Louis again, Arrow went with us, right? This past year, it was in St. Pete. So it was like an hour, hour and a half from the house here. So we left Arrow here and brought Gypsy and Roma because they both needed the training. They needed the outing. They needed the experience. They needed the hotel stay. And uh, because it was me, Rich, and Luke, I brought both of them. And then we just rotated through who had who, right? And um, and it worked. But Roma t- turned like six months old while we were at the hotel. And it was so funny because Rich says, you know, I think staying at the hotel made Roma potty train because she hasn't had any accidents since we came back from that hotel. Whereas before she would have, you know, a couple accidents a week, maybe. And I laughed and I'm like, no, it's not that she stayed at a hotel. It's that she's, you know, she hit the six month-old mark. Um, you know, but he was he was honestly thinking, like, well, if, if it takes them going to a hotel to get potty trained, when can we take these dogs to hotels? <laughs> And so, yeah, that'll be us. We'll have a reservation, you know, at Disney so we can go there and and potty train dogs because that's what works. It didn't, that's not what it was. Like I said, it was just, it happened to coincide with the fact that she turned six months old. So you've got another month, Christina, hopefully. Um, Mary says another, two other um, dog-friendly locations is Hobby Lobby and Michael's. Yeah. Um, Grisella asks, how do you train a potty on command? What I do is I... Walk out to the potty area. Now, don't forget my house. We have a whole bunch of dogs, (laughs) personal dogs, boot camp dogs, boarding dogs. So um, the outside area that we use smells like a million dogs, right? Which is really good because it keeps the coyotes away from the chickens too because they're not going to come here with all these dogs here. So anyway, so I walk out there. I plant my feet. I hold the end of the leash and I tell the dog, go potty. And I wait quietly. The dog's going to sniff around. If the dog gets too distracted, I'm going to shorten up the leash some so he, he doesn't have six feet. Maybe he'll only have four feet, right? But I'm not moving my feet. I do not follow after my dog whenever we do this. Now, if you want to take a chair, go out there with a the chair and sit there. This is the time to get your phone out, play on Facebook, listen to my podcast, watch my videos, you know, and just chill, okay? So while you're sitting, while you're chilling, you tell your dog to go potty first. One time. If after about a minute or two, don't forget a minute is a long time. After a minute or two, if your dog like, hasn't potted, uh-uh, go potty. So the uh-uh works as an eraser to erase the command that you previously gave. So if I told him go potty and he didn't go potty for two minutes, uh-uh, erases that. And then I can repeat it. And I'll say, go potty. And give him another two minutes. If he potties, I'm gonna wait for him to finish. Absolutely finish which is really hard, because as soon as he squats to pee, you're gonna be like, yeah, that's a good boy. Instead, you're gonna wait. Whenever he finishes, that's a good boy. If you have a treat in your pocket and you wanna give it to him, that's fine. If not, give him some pets, give him some play. Let the fun happen after he goes potty, and then go back in the house and give him a treat if you want to. Um, But that's all it is, is just capturing that behavior, marking it. Now, some people will, as soon as the dog squats to potty, click, wrong. Have to wait for him to finish potting, and then you can click if you want to. But to actually put it on the queue, it's the go potty. Uh-uh, go potty. Uh-uh, go potty. Until he finally does it and he finishes, and that last little drip of pee left him. Good boy. And then if you want, you can do separate pee and poop. I don't. I just, it's go potty. I don't care what you do. Just go potty. And if they don't have to, now some dogs will like squat and be like, see, I tried to go potty. I don't have to. I don't. I don't play that game. I tell them to go potty. They know that this is the chance to go potty. If they don't go potty, they don't have to go potty and we will go into the store, okay? That's how I do it. Mary says she exposes her pets the same way she does her service dogs. Yeah, yeah, that's my dogs. I get them for the service dog potential. At this point, I'm not gonna, I don't know. Maybe I would, but I don't wanna get a dog just to have a dog um, because of what we do. I want all of my dogs to be cross-trained um, that they can work a service dog for me. Um, Era had hurt himself in the past, and I had to use Rue. Rue doesn't like to do it, but he did it for me because I needed him. Um, Grizel says, how to stop mouthing. Um, Don't let him do it. (laughs) Really? Um, So if I have a dog and he's getting mouthy with my hands, I'm not going to play with my hands with the dog. And people do that all the time. Oh, look, I can stick my fingers in the dog's mouth. Oh, look how cute that is. He met me with his little needle fingers. No, that's wrong. You don't want that to happen. Um, So if he's going to mouth me, no. And that's not... No silly. That's your firm mom voice, right? No. And it might be that I give him an appropriate toy. It might be that he gets a correction for doing it. It might be that he goes in his crate at this point. And a lot of times whenever the dog is being obnoxious. The puppies are obnoxious. It's because they're overly tired people expect too much out of their puppies and puppies need a lot more sleep than people assume that they do. Okay, So if they don't get to sleep, they're going to be cranky and you do not want to have a cranky puppy because then they get really obnoxious. So I'd see how much sleep the dog's getting as well. And it's basically two, like if I have an obnoxious dog, not puppy, dog, I'm like, oh, so you want a training session? Okay, let's do that. So like if you have a puppy who's getting mouthy, okay, you want to do a training session? Let's do that. Like, well, let's play fetch. Right? We're not playing chew on my fingers. Uh, Emily says... My son has a service dog who's a lab in roughly two years. Uh, We randomly take him to a local dog park, but we have found recently that he will have to, hold on, okay, here, Um, hold on, Carolyn says, I'm blessed to have Roma, I love her so much, she's such a good girl, that is awesome, Carolyn, I'm so happy. I mean, I'm buggy to bug you for pictures, but I haven't because I've been good. Um, Emily says, okay, here we go. We have a two-year-old lab who's a service dog, and recently, within the last nine months, I have found if we take him to the dog park, he will hackle up. He's fine with dogs when out and about or when he knows the dogs, but dog parks, he's not okay. There is is something that will wash him out as a service dog, or am I putting him in a situation where I shouldn't be? Again, it's only at dog parks. Emily, if it is only at dog parks, don't take him to dog parks. It's kind of the whole my shoulder hurts when I do this and reaches your arm up in the air, right? Don't do that, right? So if he only has this problem at dog parks, do not take him to dog parks. Now, you want to test him too. So I would take him to people parks and see what he does. I would take him to skate parks and see what he does. I would take him to walking trails and see what he does. I would take him to farmer's markets and see what he does. And I would take him to dog heavy areas like the pet stores and see what he does since he's two years old and he's vaccinated. If he hackles up, And has issues with it you need to work with an experienced trainer to see if you can salvage him as your service dog okay not that oh my service dog ran away from another dog and yipped do i have to wash him out no that doesn't mean that you have to wash him out it means you need to have experienced eyes evaluate the dog not just an experienced trainer an experienced service dog trainer who is not a posse what's a posse? Someone who doesn't believe in corrections and believes that you should only reward the dog ever. So if my dog's mouthing on me, I wait for my dog to stop mouthing on me and then I reward him. No, that's stupid. Don't do that. Um, And so you want to work with somebody. So Emily, let me know if, if you're interested. Like I said, check it out. Check him out at city parks, and everything else. See how he does. If he does fine with all those other places and just avoid the dog parks. Um, if he doesn't, message me, tell me where you live, and uh, remind me what's going on. And I will try to find you a trainer who can help you out in your area. Uh, Maria says, hey, hey. So that is Cooper's owner, Cooper the Corgi, who was in here over, he went home right before Christmas. Um, she came to group class. Oh my gosh, Cooper's so cute. Um, he did super good. Um, so I was really, really proud. So hey, Maria. Um, so Tiana, <laughs> I told you she'd get back. and I'd be like, What? Um, she said the program dog's three and the owner-trained dog's one. Uh, yeah, You why? so the program dog, I know you had said it. <laughs> this is going to be another one where I'm like, what is she talking about when you respond? Um, so you could go if you want to go private message, but I'm sure some people here are interested as well. If the program dog is only three, that means you probably had them for a year-ish, would be my guess, maybe a year and a half. Why are you also owner-training? What does the program dog not do or can't do that you need this other dog to do? Or is it the fact that you just got another dog and you want to train him up? Because that's going to change the answer to my question. Because if you're looking at the program dog, like I said, I don't know what they're for. No, you had said the owner train was for anxiety. I um, mean, that's the Husky. Let me know more about the program dog too. Um, and like I said, what your goals are. Because I'm t- honestly, if I had a dog who, if I was a program and I placed a dog and then I find out that you're trading up your dog and leaving my dog at home that I placed with you at, they judge estimate the value of the dogs to be between 25 and $60,000. I'd be peeved. So does the program know that you're doing this as well? Um, Carolyn says she's taken Roma to the local AKC kennel club for fun and socializing. Carolyn, I really hope that you go on and you get her rally titles with her and maybe obedience as well, because that would be so much fun. And I, I could see the two of you really enjoying that. And it would be really fun whenever she gets bred too, that we could be like, she has her rally titles and her trick titles and her CGCs and her public access test and this and that. Uh, she says, the trainer always admonishes me for saying, uh-uh, to her. Only use positive on a soft dog like a poodle. I get always her... I set, all, I set her always up for success, but occasionally I think she needs to know that's not what I want. Exactly. So, even soft dogs, so I'm not saying, say, no to your dog for doing wrong, right? Uh uh-uh. uh. Like, that's not negative. Uh uh-uh. uh. Now, that's a little more negative. You, you guys, even if you're just listening and you're not seeing me, you should be seeing me because it's funny. But, you know, just a little like, there is nothing wrong with that. It is letting the dog know. So one of the things that, positive trainers, and I started this way so I know it, I'm an amazing clicker trainer. And I like to toot my own horn. But anyway, positive trainers with the clicker, right? A lot of times i will be like, let me show you this hot and cold game and I'm gonna click every time you're doing right, right? So uh, I'm gonna click and then you're gonna know it. Well, guess what? That's only It's like playing the hot and cold game, but you're only allowed to say hot. You're missing at least half of the conversation. If you can say hot and cold, it's going to be better. So for Rama, you know, I would I would use the uh-uh, you know, just like that. I want to do uh uh-uh, And Carolyn, you are not going to be going uh-uh. Like, I know you. Um, you're going to be doing this super sweet like uh-uh. And then, yes, that's what I want. And you know what? And this is one of the things that positive trainers don't get either, is the dog will test you to see if those rules are the same. And another tangent, this is a fantastic story. I know I've shared it before, but it is amazing. So when Luke was younger, like he's 17 now, so probably seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, something like that, we're at the grocery store. And he comes up to me, because he could go off kind of and pick up something. So like he likes Pringles, so he went and he got Pringles. Mom, can I get Pringles? Yeah, go ahead, get Pringles. Put them in the car. I said, do you want to go pick yourself up pizza rolls? So he went, he picked himself pizza rolls, and he brought it to the cart. I'm like, okay, yep, yeah, you can get that. And then he's like, Mom, can I have this? I mean, a can a SpaghettiOs, something, right? I said, you can have two snack food things. I said, if you want the SpaghettiOs, you have to put the Pringles or the pizza rolls back. He goes, oh, okay, are you sure? I said, yeah, okay. I said, you're not mad? He goes, nope, I was just testing to see what all I can get away with. And that has stuck with me. Okay. Dogs are similar. What can I get away with? Can I get away with this? How about this? How about more? How about this? How about that? Can I do this? Will you say no here? And whenever you let them, they're going to be like, dude, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Think of it um, when you were in school and you get that substitute teacher who would let you get away with murder. Did you respect them? No. Did you see how far you can push them sometimes? Do you want to be that? No. So you have to be fair and balanced, right? You have to be fair about it. You can't say, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. No, right? No, uh -uh. we're not doing it that way. But here, this is the way that I want you to do it, right? So you need to have both. You need to have the yes and you need to have the no. Okay, so Mary says, are you still going to be in Texas for an event this year? Sorry off topic of this webinar. You can answer me elsewhere if needed. I actually have to talk to her and see. I'm waiting to hear... um, My fun news is a week from tomorrow I go to see the oncology gynecologist again. So I was supposed to schedule in January or February the service dog workshop here at the ranch. But with that going on, I wasn't about to. So I haven't scheduled the workshop here. I have a couple other people who wanted to schedule with me to to visit. But until I get this taken care of, I can't do anything else. Um, And then there is a workshop that I'm very interested in doing February-March time. You know, It's like a week-long workshop. That I really think I want to do, but it too depends on when I'm getting my puppy, because I could leave Richard the puppy home for a week and take Gypsy, but I kind of want to um, to get my puppy. So I don't know. I don't know if what we're gonna, what I'm gonna do, but no, I don't have that scheduled yet, Mary, but whenever it is, I will announce it up the wazoo. <laughs> um, and Terry says to Carolyn about Roma post pics and videos. So Terry has um, Roma's brother Goose, Um, Emily says he does fine in all those situations. We've never had a problem elsewhere. Then, yeah, Emily, then you should be fine. Yeah. Uh, And then Carolyn says she'll post pictures and stuff soon. Um, She's Tiana, okay, we're back with the program dog. Says the program dog didn't come yet. The owner told me Echo was three and she's being trained for my hypoglycemia for six months before being placed with me. Okay, so you can ask if what you need from for the anxiety if she could be trained for that because honestly the PTSD anxiety stuff is way easier to train than the hypoglycemia stuff so it shouldn't depending on what you need she could be able to be cross-trained for both for the hypoglycemia and for the anxiety but ask and see um, about that uh give her a regular uh, uh yeah right yeah I know you did Carolyn yeah um, my owner train came to me at a year and I got in her. Then I realized that she was only meant for anxiety. And then the owner from the program came and told me they found a great pup for my hypoglycemia. I had the owner trained for four months now. Okay. Like I said, I mean, Tiana, it's up to you. I mean, I can just say, like, this is what I do. But I know having Gypsy and Roma and Arrow, like, there was no way I was going to take all three of them out together or two of them out together. Um, Even though it would have been fine because Arrow was a rock and knew exactly what to do, I'm still not going to do it. And it was rare that I would give Rich Arrow so I could work Gypsy. That happened, like, once or twice just because it's harder. It is harder with two dogs. So if you're going to leave one of them at home now, I also know people who have two dogs... Um, like, for example, diabetes, they'll have a nighttime dog and a daytime dog. So the daytime dog is with them during the day. At night, he sleeps, and the nighttime dog kind of kicks in, right? So you can't have to, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying, realistically, do you really want to bring two dogs with you? I'm going to a restaurant with my two dogs. It's going to be a pain, I think. You know, especially if it's something that you're doing constantly. If you're like, I can do it for a week, I can do it for a few days, but um, but yeah, like I said, that's up to me that that's up to you That's just my opinion on it But so how to start out a dog how to start your service puppy or service dog candidate is treat them like a service dog um, But make it easier do not say I'm gonna take them with me all day. We're gonna go out for an eight-hour trip today because You'll burn the dog out and it's very real that it burns the dog out And here's what happens whenever you don't get professional help professional training with it is you say okay, well, we're gonna go and do this and do that and do this, but I don't know really what I'm doing. So we're just gonna do it anyway. And you screw up the dog. You need to have somebody who can guide you with what to do. You need to have somebody who can make sure your dog's hitting the milestones that he needs to hit to keep you on track to show you the right way to do things versus the wrong way and that you can ask questions up whenever questions come up and that's what our service dog program does so check it out at dreamcanine.com i'm gonna wrap it up here because we got dogs who need to go out and potty um but stay tuned next week at 5:30 p.m eastern standard time for our facebook live on dream dog central florida dog training facebook page uh, and then you can also find this usually wednesday i upload it onto our podcast which is called how to train your service dog tiana says i get it thank you uh, michelle says if i get more than one dog at a time my anxiety goes through the roof right michelle i totally understand that one so have a good evening guys i will see you next week